Hello, I'm Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainians around the world. For today's episode, our guest is Paulette, also known as Paulina Macquarie, who is the host and producer of Nash Holos, the Ukrainian voice radio program broadcasting from Vancouver Island, Canada. Hello, Paulette. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Mike? Great, great. It's uh, wonderful to have you here for our show today. Well, thanks for having me on. And uh, really, really appreciate it. I'm not used to being on this side of the mic, but looking <laughs> forward to our chat. <laughs> yeah, it's switched around a bit. You bet. So I'm curious about your program. You and I chatted by phone a couple of weeks ago, and I, I did some digging around online and looked at your website and so forth. You've been around for a long time in uh, radio. You know what? Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe the numbers as they're racking up. But yeah, the show started back in 1990, and um, that was part of a three-person team that ran for six years um, in Vancouver. And then uh, we disbanded in 1996, and in 2000, another radio station wanted to revive a Ukrainian program in Vancouver, and my two previous uh, former co-hosts had other things going so I decided well I'll give it I'll do it for a little while and I thought maybe it'd be a few years 17 years now (laughs) (laughs) that time goes by yes it does and can you tell us what station you're with in on Vancouver Island on Vancouver Island it is uh, campus community radio station CHLY, it's 101.7 FM on the radio dial, and the website is chly.ca, and it streams, they stream live, so if you're not, you don't have to be in Nanaimo to listen if you have um, computer, uh, internet connection, then uh, you can listen online. As, as well, there's a podcast to put up the rec- audio archives, they're recorded podcast afterwards, so... It's available online on the on my website. And how many times a week do you broadcast? The Nanaimo edition goes out once a week, the Vancouver edition once a week. And there's also a, a syndicated edition that goes out um, several times a week. It's the same show, but it's just rebroadcast different times. Uh, I understand that uh, your show is on radio in 20-plus countries around the world. Um, yes, it's syndicated by PCJ Radio International, and this is a, a small broadcaster out of uh, Taiwan. Uh, we met back in 2000 in Vancouver. <laughs> we were working on a project together, and um, Keith moved to Asia and he settled there, and he started up this distribution company. And um, so the show is out on um, shortwave. He's got about four or five different relays around the world, um, so it's broadcast pretty much everywhere. Not so much North America, because um, uh, the relays go, like this one based in North America, and it goes out elsewhere to pretty much every other part of the world as well. It goes out on satellite. Uh, this is a world radio network uh, based out of London, and um, it is goes out on various, well, three times, I think, a week on satellite. And as well on AM, FM, uh, radio, those are direct downloads that um, from his website. And also, um, he also distributes to Africa 
and uh, he has it's not a very wide distribution but it's actually out on tape cassette tape <laughs> interesting so, interesting yeah so he's got yeah he's got a very uh, interesting uh, mix of programs and uh, yeah so it goes out once a week so, so three editions I do three editions of the show Vancouver Nanaimo and that international edition in terms of your audience uh, where has been the furthest in the world that someone has contacted you from who has listened to your show? Japan, maybe? Certainly Ukraine, Moscow, uh, which that was really, really neat to hear from Ukrainian listeners and uh, also Russian listeners. Um, and they've all been, um, I've not had anything negative. I've had no negative feedback whatsoever. Um, and uh, Australia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, interesting, Australia. very interesting. And yeah. I guess we should point out that most of your program is in English, except you do have a uh, one-hour Ukrainian segment on one of the days, correct? Yes, in Nanaimo, um, a year ago, I met a gal on Facebook. She happens to live just in a small community just down the road, about 45 minutes away pops into uh, Nanaimo often and uh, convinced her to uh, do a Ukrainian hour. I had two hours um, on this uh, station, local station here. It was getting a little bit much with the three editions, so I thought it would be nice to have. Plus, uh, because my show is mostly in English, um, I thought, you know, I'm kind of missing a part of the segment. There is a growing community, uh, diaspora community here in um, uh, on the Vancouver Island. And uh, there, a lot of them are tech people. They come here and do stuff. They're doing tech work, either their own businesses or just you know um, outsourcing, working, doing the uh, you know non the no commute <laughs> work that people do so much these days now thanks to the internet. So um, so she's. I thought you know if she would do one strictly in Ukrainian for the newcomers, that that would. Um, be a nice additional service and it's working out very well she's fantastic she's just taken to it like a duck to water she got the radio bug too so so, so she's I, doing and I, underst I understand you also have a segment called uh ukrainian jewish heritage which is a uh, regular feature of the show it is it is sponsored by ukrainian jewish encounter based out of toronto and um this started back in about 2013 and it's been it's proven very popular with uh, with many people, um, listeners uh, with Ukrainian Jewish heritage as well. There uh, we have kind of a combined audience now, and um, it it's something that was a, a passion of mine for actually for many years. This whole idea of bridging the gap because it's, you know historically it's been Ukrainians and Jews have had their conflicts and, and disagreements and, and struggles trying to get along, yet if they were, you know, if they were left alone without all this outside, a lot of outside um, uh, influences stirring up trouble between the two, um, managed to get, to, get, to get along. And so back in 2013, I first heard... Uh, I actually watched a YouTube video. Um, a Hasidic Jew from Ukraine came to Toronto, addressed a congregation of Ukrainians and Jews who were interested, again, in, in building bridges. And one of the things that he said to me just really hit me because it's what I believe so much. He said that, you know, in Ukraine, that 
if people are left alone, Ukrainians and Jews get along together and they have for centuries. He said it's when you get the outsiders coming in that um, that you've got problems. And he said he's traveled himself to Ukrainian villages. And he said Ukrainian uh, villagers were devastated when migration to Israel happened. He said, you know, these are the friends and neighbors. He said they were devastated. Our friends are leaving us. And so he said he devoted his work, his life to uh, working to, you know, build the bridges, to um, actually uncover mass graves in Ukraine. And I thought, what a, he's basically, that was his major, major focus was uncovering mass graves. And I thought, what a wonderful connection this would be. I wanted to get a hold of him. And we did. We connected and um, Ukrainian Jewish Heritage agreed to sponsor the feature and it's been going ever since. So it's um, it's been an incredible learning experience uh, for me. Uh, it's positive to listeners. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just delighted to, to be continuing to do this. That's feature. great, because I, I think that this segment that you run on Ukrainian Jewish heritage has to be unique. I've never heard of any other radio or TV segment like that anywhere else. Well, Ukrainian Jewish Heritage really, I would say, I have to credit them for starting this whole ball going. And yes, I, I had talked about, uh, dreamed about doing something like this because, um, I mean, Jewish people, they, you know, Jews are a huge part of Ukrainian heritage. Definitely. But we don't know much about each other. We yep. didn't, you know, I didn't know much about Jewish, but they were just there. And, um, you know, what I've been learning since... Uh, you know, over the last three years since we've been doing this, this feature has been just, you know, phenomenal. They are a huge, uh, you know, kind of a solitary presence, but yet very, very influential and a very big part of, you know, what Ukraine as a nation is. So it's time we, you know, got to know each other better. Kind definitely. Of happy to be able definitely. to do that. Yeah. So tell tell the audience a little bit about the format of your program. Is it is it talk? Is it music or some combination of both? It is a combination. I dub it now a variety show. It started out as music because that was all I had, and that's been my passion. I've loved Ukrainian music ever since a little a little kid, and it's been a part of my life, and I love to share it. And um, but it started out as a variety show. Um, music and talk we did when we first started back in the 90s it was um, a combination of news reports and it was more bilingual than my show is so we had ukrainian news we had english news and then we had um things we had recipe we had a, a cooking segment um which ran for quite a while and i brought back uh when i went solo and um, some interviews. So pretty much it's, you know, those features um, like Ukrainian Jewish heritage. I've got book reviews that we do as well. Uh, for a while I had something called Victor's Vignettes. And this was, um, uh, this is a Ukrainian man, lives in Mykolaiv. And he shared some stories of what life was, the reality of life growing up in the Soviet Union. Huh. And he was, yes, he was a listener. He was a listener that contacted me and, uh, and said he, found my show, as I think it was through the International Distri Distributor, and uh, he, um, yeah, he just said he likes to practice his English, and so we emailed back and forth, and we started to get to know each other, and I thought, well, these are some great stories, do you want to come on my show? So we started to do some some stories, he's unfortunately become ill, so it, we kind of 
have a hiccup there, but I'm hoping to resume that at some point. So, yeah, so right now what we're doing is um, the book reviews. We're doing across Ukrainian Jewish heritage. Um, if I can get Victor back on, we'll do some Victor's vignettes and, and interviews, which, um, you know, hopefully you'll agree to be an interview on my program. And uh, Definitely. Music, rest of it's music. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm curious about the Ukrainian community in the Vancouver area. You know, here in the States, we've always been envious of Ukrainian Canadians because it, <laughs> it seems like in Canada, there's something in the soil of the air that helps you folks keep your identity for many, many generations. Down here, it tends to start petering out around the third or fourth generation, but we have this sense that up in Canada, you just go on and on forever. So <laughs> so what is it like? What, what What is the community like up there? How large is it? And how many generations are represented in the uh, community in the Vancouver area? Well, I think, you know, there are two, two things that I think that um, uh, you, your Ukrainian-American uh, listeners need to keep in mind. For one, is, um, our community in Canada, in numerically, is a pretty close to what yours is. But we represent a much larger proportion of the Canadian population than, than you do for that reason so you know like you've got 10 times the population of canada and the states so so you know we've got one point say i think it's up to 1.25 million here and you've got you've got 1.25 million so as a percentage of you know 35 million in canada versus you know how many over 100 million in the states so it's a little bit easier for us to be um you know more prominent shall we say uh, as a um part of the cultural mosaic and the other thing too is you know the american melting pot versus the canadian approach we call it a cultural mosaic so you know there's there's been that as well i think more you're more kind of um aware of the multicultural fabric in the states more recently but that has been the approach in the past so you know immigrants came from ukraine en masse 125 or so years ago to the North American continent. Some went to the States, some came to Canada. And I think we sort of had parallel experiences because the, they came in waves as well. They came um, like prior to World War One. They came between the two world wars and they came after World War Two. Then there was a big gap during the Soviet period and then they started to come. The fourth wave is what we call, we call them, you know, the, and I think now maybe they call themselves a fifth wave. So um, the community um, established itself, I would say, really came into its own in the after 1970 when this official multiculturalism policy came in um, at the behest of the Canadian government. Actually, it was really spearheaded by um, Paul Yusick, a Ukrainian Canadian. It's kind of veered off from the original intention but that was how it started it became okay to be ethnic when I was growing up you know we're the same vintage and I'm, I'm descended from the first wave of pioneers and growing up it was not cool to be Ukrainian you didn't want to speak Ukrainian you don't want to have an accent if possible not a Ukrainian name you just kind of hit it and because you wanted to fit into the main community and then in the late 20th century, it suddenly became cool to be ethnic. Everyone was, it was cool. And so that made it a little bit easier. Um, 
And since then, it just kind of progressed. There were, um, you know, dance groups formed, music groups formed. And um, although I must say, even you know, going back 50, 60, even 70 years, there was Ukrainian music and they were recording artists. And of course, they were home, you know, homegrown and they they weren't distributed by any labels or anything, but they'd go into a, a, a vanity press kind of place and, you know, press a thousand albums or whatever, and they would get distributed in the community and shared. And, and um, I don't know, it just kind of grew that way. Some people, a lot of people went away, but many people carried on. Kids carried on. I was forced actually to listen to the Ukrainian radio program when I was a teenager and wanted to listen to the Beatles. My dad insisted, no, we're going to listen to Dan Chomlak on CKJS. It was in Yorkton, Saskatchewan at the time. We're going to listen to Dan Chomlak. And, and you just, never mind, you just listen. You can listen to the Beatles later, but this is, we're going to listen to the Ukrainian hour. And so then turned out I became... Uh, you know, a radio host, and probably same thing happened. People said, I don't want to listen to her. I want to listen to whatever, Eminem or whatever it is. But but I have actually met people at dance concerts that have said to me, I grew up with Nash Holis. <laughs> that is just fantastic. It just really warms the cockles of my heart. That's great. So I guess you have to thank your dad for helping you get into <laughs> Ukrainian radio. You know, my dad is 87 years old. He's still going strong. He goes to dances and he listens to the Zababa Hour in Winnipeg all the time. And yeah, yeah, I really do have him to thank for for the love of Ukrainian music. Give you a little bit of an uh, uh, an overview of what the community uh, is. The larger centers are Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa in Ontario, Winnipeg and Edmonton, and um, Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatoon. And Vancouver's community actually is younger than uh, the, the prairies and um, Ontario, Quebec. That was where most of the people came and settled because they were um, they were either working in industry in Ontario, Quebec, or they were farming on the prairies. And that was the intention was to bring Ukrainians in and break the land. And here in, in on the West Coast, BC is uh, the train is not very good for farming, except maybe in the Okanagan, where you've got large community actually in Vernon, Kelowna, mostly retirement, but there is still a young community there. Is a great dance group um, in uh, Vernon, and um, but on the West Coast, Ukrainians were farmer were were fishing. They were in the logging industry. Uh, they were actually the um, the labor movement um, had a strong Ukrainians were a catalyst for the labor movement that's very strong on the west coast. So it's a little bit of a different community. Also, it was uh, there's much more of a, a you know socialist um, uh, labor element to the Ukrainian community on the west coast than further east. Although that's been changing. But um, the churches were not as prominent, uh, didn't play as prominent a role. Started to, in um, after the uh, third wave, after World War II, immigrants came to Canada, um, settled, many of them came to Vancouver, and they started, they, uh, you know, built some churches. And then that influence um, really was the glue that held the community together. Um, and so really, it's a much younger community on the West Coast than um 
airport points east. But it's coming into its own. We've got a lot of new Ukrainians coming here, settling, doing a lot of of, uh, of work, commun- com- uh, making, um, communicating with Ukraine and collaborating with uh, with Ukraine. So you know, since the fall of the Berlin Wall and the uh, Iron Curtain, our community in Canada has certainly been revived because we've got the link now to the mother country that we didn't have before. Well, unfortunately, I think we're out of time. I do want to thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience with the Ukrainian-Canadian community, as well as your experiences with Nasholos. And I want to encourage our audience to listen to your show. And most of them, I would imagine, are going to listen online. So where can they find it online? Online, go to www.nasholos.com and you can get the podcast there. As well, if you want to listen to any of the the, um, the two editions locally, you can go to am1320.com, and that is Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time, am1320.com, and you can listen live as well. You can go to chly.ca to listen to the Nanaimo edition on Wednesdays, and that is at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. Thanks so much, Paulina. You're welcome. This is Mike Burek, your host and the producer of Krenitsia, The Well, a monthly podcast series on Ukrainians around the world. And you've been listening to Paulina Macquarie, who's the host and producer of Nash Holos, a Ukrainian radio program out of Vancouver Island in Canada. Until next time, that's all for now.